Hello and welcome to Fireside Farmmaker, a podcast with John Mark Osborne and Michael Rashad talking about everything Farmmaker. This is Fireside Filemaker, and my name is John Mark Osborne. And I'm Michael Rashad. And today we're going to talk about Filemaker certification, a subject that John knows much more about it. So over to you, John. Certification is available in just about any serious development platform. You take classes, you take a test, you become certified, and you're recognized as an expert through that company. So Filemaker is no different. But let me give you a little bit of history about how the certification came about. The first certification wasn't really certification, it was proficiency. And that happened back at the second developer conference in San Jose in 1997. I was actually there. And they had a bank of computers that they had set up and they had questions on it. And I remember it so vividly because I was the first DevCon I ever went to. I didn't get to the first one, but I was in tech support. They asked me to be there to help ask questions. And I remember a gentleman, I won't say his name because it's really not worth it at this point, but he came up to me yelling and screaming at me. And I'm, I'm this, you know, this young, you know, technical support guy. And I, I don't know what to think. And he's just, he found the first FileMaker employee with a badge, or I should say Claris employee at that point, to yell at. And I really didn't understand what was going on. And I found Jeff Gagne eventually. He was the, the, you know, was in charge of the developer, or I'm sorry, developer relations then. And I passed him off to him. But later I found out after talking to Jeff that he was upset that he had taken the proficiency test and didn't realize that when you scroll down, there are more answers. So this has got a lot to say about interfaces. You don't want to have scrolling unless you're in a list view most of the time. And he was so mad because he went through the whole test not realizing, that, realizing there was an answer D to all the questions. And so he know he messed it up. So that was my first experience at the second developer conference and the proficiency test. And that went on for almost 10 years. When FileMaker 7 came out in 2004, they started making real certification. This is the modern certification that everybody's you know familiar with. They used a psychometrician, which is somebody who comes in and make sure the test is valid, reliable, and fair. For instance, if somebody misses, you know, they, they have beta testers. So if somebody misses or too many people miss the same question and answer the same thing, not just missing the same question, you know, question getting, you know, maybe a guy got A and some people hit B, but if a whole bunch of people do the wrong answer, let's say B, then they go, oh, there must be something wrong with the question. That's how they go through and validate it and make sure it's fair. So that's the modern certification that you take right now. It's a multiple choice test covering the entire product line. And you basically go in there, you have 110 minutes, you actually have 120, but 10 minutes is for the NDA to go through and answer all these questions. And we'll get into what's on it, but that's basically, I want to give that introduction. I want to see if Michael had any comments on anything that I mentioned there. Not really. The only comment I will have, John, because I haven't taken the certification test for a long time, and we'll get into that perhaps later on. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you have to memorize that really there's no need to know because, you know, in practical terms, who cares about what the field size limitations are? You can look that up if you ever need to. So I, while I agree in principle with the certification itself, I'm not so sure there's any validity to having to memorize stuff that just isn't that important on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, for instance, let me take that example a little bit further. 
you know that for using your example, that the field size, the amount of information you can put into a text block, one single field is a tremendous amount, right? Yes. So that's good enough. If you're thinking I'm going to have a solution that is going to take up so much and you want to go, oh, let me make sure I have enough, then you'd go look at it. And that's really, I think, both of our problems with the test is the memorization that goes on that's required on probably about 50% of the test. It's hard to say how much because the other 50% really is you have to have just good old fashioned experience to pass. And I think that that's much more valid and I would be much more happy to take the certification test if it was really valuable stuff that I will get a benefit from learning. And memorizing things just so I can answer a test question has no value to me whatsoever. It's just a pain in my rear end. In you know, in this day and age of you know remote devices and, and internet everywhere, it's so easy to look that stuff up. You don't really need to have it memorized. So I, I get it. It's some way of differentiating people, you know, developers from other developers. But I'd like to see it concentrate more on just things that you would have to solve in your, your head because you know the product so well, and it's not about memorization. I agree. Let's talk a little bit about the advantages of why you want to become certified, because you need to know that first before you put all the time and effort into taking the test. So I've written down a few things here, and, and the first thing, probably the most important thing is you get this logo, and there's one for each version because you can get certified for FileMaker 7, 8, Eight, well, you can't anymore, but there were tests for it. And they have certifications for every version. So I'm certified for FileMaker 7 all the way through 17, and we'll take the 18 test mo most likely. So you get a logo for each one of those, and you can put that on your business card, on your website. It's listed on the FileMaker website if you're an FBA member. So you get that kind of recognition. You can say, you can show somebody your business card and say, hey, I'm certified. And while, again, we have mixed emotions about how it qualifies you. It does at least say that you put in the effort to pass the test. And it's a lot of effort. I mean, it's not something that, you know, you can do in an hour or two. It's many, many, many hours. And, you know, as an independent freelance developer, whose my time is as, as yours, John, it's worth money. You know, there's a huge cost to taking the time to, to do that study. And let me ask you, how many of your clients have ever asked you if you were certified or wanted you to be certified? I was asked in the last five years, I was asked one time if I was certified. And I said, no. Well, I said I'm, I was certified to version nine, which was years ago. And I just don't have the time. And he said, well, why don't you have the time? I said, because it's, I'm too busy. It's as simple as that. So most clients won't ask you if you want to use that, you know, that badge of honor, you really have to bring it up with your clients and say, hey, I'm certified. And but most people just really don't know about it. Maybe I don't think they don't care about it, but they just don't know about it. I think most clients looking to hire somebody like you or I, John, will be looking at our background and our experience and how long we've done and what they can find out about us if they Google our name. And both you and I have got an extensive portfolio that people who are interested in hiring us can look at. So the certification just isn't relevant. Yeah, I think it's just one uh, piece of the puzzle for 
being recognized as a serious FileMaker developer. And for some people, it's a smaller piece. For other people, it's a bigger piece. And we'll go over this kind of between the two of us and go back and forth. And, you know, hopefully doing that, you guys can figure out who are listening to this podcast, figure out what's best for you. Um, I want to tell you a few more things, though, about the advantages. You get better placement when you're listed at the on the FBA listing at the FileMaker.com website. So when somebody searches you, it sorts all the certified people to the top. It also cert, uh, sorts uh, the platinum levels all the way to the top as well, so you should know that. Now, if you want to be a FileMaker training, the certification is required. Not a regular FBA member, but if you want to be a trainer. And I don't really understand that, but that's just the rules and regulations there are. Cost-wise, $150. You can take it as many times as you want, but they have a 14-day uh, cooldown period. And let's see what else we have, just details about Because these are things you can find on the website, but it's nice for us to tell you. Uh, it's at Pearson View, so they have test centers worldwide, so it's pretty easy to find a place to take it. Uh, they don't allow you to do certain things inside of the test. Uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of rules and regulations, so check those out first. And... You mean to say I can't write the answers on my hand, John? Right. <laughs> In fact, it's it's uh, it's even more than that. They give you this little whiteboard. It's like a flexible whiteboard and a little pen and that's erasable. But they tell you when you go in, you can't erase it. Everything you write down, you have to go ahead and not erase. You can't use your hand to erase or anything. I don't know if they're watching you or not. But if you want, if you run out of room, which I've never had, you have to go take it to them and then get another one of those little whiteboard things to write on. That's ridiculous. Maybe so. I don't know. Maybe somebody tried to cheat at some point. You know, I'm not going to try to judge it, but I don't want people to be surprised when they go in there the first time of the things, the restrictions that they have. So just be careful about that. Uh, they will make you empty your pockets completely and put it into a, uh, a drawer. And one of the issues I have had is that some of these drawers are not locked or some of these drawers have everybody's stuff in it. So it's a little insecure. So I wouldn't bring anything, you know, that you are worried about losing. Of course, you have to bring your identification, two pieces of identification. So, yeah, yes, I'm worried about losing those, but there's nothing you can do about that. But I wouldn't bring, you know, $1,000 in cash or a gold watch because they'll make you take all that stuff off and put it into a drawer. And sometimes you go to a place and they have individual lockers, and I feel safe about that. But when it's all in the same place and there's no lock on it, which I've been to, I, I just don't go back to those places. I agree totally. Okay, so let's talk about the areas of testing and their percentages, technical specifications, less than 5% of the test. And that's, as you were talking about before, Michael, part of this just memorization. We're talking about what operating system does the current version work on. They don't ask you about old versions, you know, what, uh, you know, what compatibilities, you know, things like that. Anything that you see on the technical specifications page, which is right on the FileMaker.com website, you should just simply memorize. And that's a lot of stuff to memorize, considering you're going to you're going to forget it the moment you've taken the test, right? And what are you going to do if somebody if somebody's going to hire you and they say this is what I have? I'm going to ask them what operating systems they have, and then you're going to go look it up to verify that it, you know, that FileMaker the version they're using or will be getting will work with their operating system. You don't have to know it off the top of your head. I mean, I know that it's you know, Windows 10 and, and OS 10, but what exact versions? I don't know. I mean, I think that's enough to know, but that's the way they want to do it. So it's their test and you got to abide by those rules. 
Well, unless you decide not to take it, which is what I've been doing for the last 10 years. And how do you feel? It hasn't, again, it really hasn't hurt your business, right? No, not at all. It has absolutely no impact whatsoever. Yeah, I think uh, at this point we should point somebody or everybody towards another podcast we did, which is how to become a developer. And some of the things that we do to get business are covered in there. And you may be interested in, in reading that because this being certified is not going to all of a sudden get you tons of business. It really isn't. But will I do it again? Yes. I think it's another thing, you know, to put on my resume, to put on my business card and things like that. So let's go back to the areas of testing, defining database schema, 10 to 15% of the test. So that's any tables, fields, relationships, and realize when they give you a question, they're going to give you some pretty gnarly questions about this. Like they might give you five or six table occurrences all connected together and say, if you have a layout based on this and a portal based on this, and you put a field over here, I'm just kind of going and rattling off stuff. You have to trace through that relationship graph and figure out how the data is going to display and, and pick the right multiple choice. So it can be, you have to know relationships inside and out. You have to have FileMaker inside and out. You have to really understand it to answer those questions. Building layouts, 15 to 20%. Working with calculations, 10 to 15%. And this really isn't memorization for the most part, although you have to know the de definitions of some of these calculation functions, especially the ones that are in the new version. In order to do it, it's not going to be like you can just all of a sudden uh, look at it and figure it out without knowing exact, you know, you know, exactly what those functions do. So there is some memorization there. Writing scripts, 15 to 20%. And they will give you scripts that do nothing. I mean, they do something, but they would never be a script you'd ever write for a client. And, you know, they'll just have you go through loops and if statements and connect to other scripts and, and say, what is this variable result after this? Or how many times is, does it beep? You know, things like that. So you really have to know all these features in order to pass that. You have to have worked with FileMaker. You can't just go in and memorize the stuff. So I'm, I'm getting to the point here and talking about the areas of testing. You have like 50% memorization, or maybe less, I don't know, it's hard to say. And the other stuff, you just have to have years of experience. No class is going to get you through that. You can't just take a prep class or, or take the you know preparation uh, test that they have. It's not really a test, but the it's a bunch of exercises to go through on the FileMaker.com website. You can't just do that and expect to pass the test. You have to have years of experience. Uh, almost done with this, we're going through it. Security, 10 to 15%. Deploying custom apps, 10 to 15%. Data integration, less than 5%. That's stuff like ODBC and other things, XML, uh, you know, JSON, all that kind of stuff. Publishing FileMaker data on the web, 5 to 10%. Developer tools and processes, less than 5%. In FileMaker Go, 5 to 10%. But there's no mention of the new features. If you've written down everything that I said, there's no mention of the new features, even though there is a clear emphasis on the new feature. So if you're taking the FileMaker 18 certification, it's going to have questions about FileMaker 18 on it for sure. So make sure you know all the features. So Michael, the place where you can find this information about the new features is in the help. That's the place I normally go. I like to go into the help and, and look inside there at the first page where it says new features, and it gives a pretty good listing of those new features. But sometimes it doesn't list every single feature. So make sure you scour the forums, you talk to people, you read blogs and things like that. Because I find out that as I read each blog, people who are writing them have found out a little kind of 
thing that they might test about in there and they've mentioned it, but not in the other blog. So don't, you know, focus just on one blog article. Yeah, it's really difficult to know all the, the things that you need to know to pass a test. And this is one of the issues. It, let's come back to calculation functions. The only ones I know without looking them up are ones I use all the time. If I have to use one I only use once in a blue moon, I don't bother to memorize it. I just go to the help and look it up. So again, it's just not valid for me because I just don't have the time. Well, it, and, it, and it really is unimportant to being a FileMaker developer. Yeah, exactly. This is the, always the issue. It, is it valid to what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis? And the answer is absolutely 100% not. I absolutely agree. And, and I take it in some ways begrudgingly, but again, it's it's a way to you know compare yourself to other developers. Uh, but I'm not interested in comparing myself to other developers, John. I don't think you are. It's, you know, we know who we know. We know what we know. And, and what we don't know, we can either find out by looking it up or by experimenting. And everything I've learned in FileMaker, I've learned by trial and error, by experimenting and trying things that work and finding ones that don't and then going back. I've learned nothing from any books. Well, the only book I've actually learned something was the scriptology book, which you co-wrote with Matt Petrowski all those years ago. But there isn't very much material these days, certainly in the printed world on FileMaker, because nobody buys books. Well, most of the people, unfortunately, writing books are writing them for amateurs. So there's not any kind of real big. It's just with the FileMaker coming out each year, it's too hard to write a book that has any depth because by the time you're done writing it, the next version's out. <laughs> so it's it's crazy. And then nobody wants to buy it because it says FileMaker 17 on it. And now FileMaker 18's out. And people go, well, that must be old news, you know? So exactly. I mean, Ray Colligan wrote produced the FileMaker 10 Bible, which was an enormous, enormous book. And it must have taken him thousands of hours. And I can almost guarantee that he never saw any return on that. Yeah. And we could get into the whole idea behind doing a book and what the benefits are. You really don't make a ton of money. It's not that. It's about recognition and business and marketing and stuff like that. Sure. But let's talk about something that uh, that I think you mentioned to me the other day is some people are just bad at taking tests. I'm one of them. Yeah. I hate tests. I really hate them. I never have been good at tests. doesn't mean to say I don't know the answers to a lot of things. I just don't do well in tests. But that doesn't make you a bad developer. I hope not. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's the hard part is that, you know, if you're a bad test taker, well, unfortunately, you've got to go ahead. If you want certification, you have to take a test. It's going to be multiple choice. It's not an interview. It's not anything like that. It's out of context, right? There's no database there, so you can't fiddle around with it. And that's the glory of FileMaker is you can try something and get feedback right away. No compiling. So it's really kind of a... a a strange thing to take the sort of certification test. It's almost like they're testing FileMaker partially because there's so many things that a developer does to be successful that have nothing to do with FileMaker or partially to have to do with FileMaker and mostly to do with just databases in general. Right. And then there's the other point of the, of the other side of the conversation, John, is that some people are really good at passing tests. but And I know at least one person who's really good at passing tests and he's past all the certification tests that are available, maybe not 18 yet, but all of them. And he considers himself to be an expert developer. And he's one of the worst developers I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. He has absolutely no clue how to build a solution that will work for the clients. Right. That comes down to 
uh, things, some points I'm going to make, and hopefully you can make some comments on these. People, in order to run a successful FileMaker business, they don't just need to be technically sound. They need to have business savvy. They need to have project management skills. They need to have, know how to make an entity relationship diagram, an ERD. They, and we've talked about this before, may or may not need to create a requirements document, but it, they at least need to understand what the person's saying, the client is saying that they want and produce it in electronic. They have to understand their job and, and convert it into electronic format. They also have to have problem solving and creativity, and that's what FileMaker's its hallmark is. And they have to have system analysis, being able to compare the pros and cons, the advantages and disadvantages of different approaches. These things cannot be tested easily, let's say, but some of them just period can't be tested. Well, I don't think they can be tested under any circumstances because we're always, as a developer, we're always thinking on our feet. We're always going, what if, what if? And then you experiment with that idea until you find it doesn't work or it does work. And then it, sometimes it takes you off in a completely different direction. And there's no way to test for that. It's, it's too individual. It's too idiosyncratic. Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm not, uh, you know, uh, a big fan of school. In fact, I've never taken a, a class in FileMaker, never read a book. I learned by the school of hard knocks working in technical support. So I, I learn a different way and everybody does. So you've got to, you know, and, and that comes down to test taking. I'm just really not a good test taker. Um, I seem to pass it every year, but I, I guess it's just because I have a, a, a good knowledge of FileMaker that I'm able to do that. Well, I think you probably, I think you probably absorb a lot of the technical stuff easier because you've been doing it for so long and you're so used to sort of just memorizing that, but knowing that the moment the test is over, you're going to forget it. And again it's it's about time it's about valuing the time you know if you know if we spend a day doing studying for a test we've lost a day's worth of income and you know a day's worth of income is a lot of money right yeah which is kind of some one of the reasons why i don't go to developer conference anymore i spoke there for at least 15 years and it costs a lot of money in order to to prepare for the developer conference to speak there it takes weeks of your time i decided it was better spent working on client projects doing training videos and things like that and so i think that's both both of us are kind of saying here in a lot of ways is that you know yes these things are are uh, ways to validate yourself but they're not the only way and if you don't want to be certified you don't have to be but if you do go for it i mean it, it will definitely give you a, a you know a head up on somebody else who's not certified maybe i'm not sure I, you know i'm not sure that i agree with that john i think there are, might be certain circumstances where i might lose a project to somebody who's certified but that is so rare at an occurrence or a small percentage that i'm not going to worry about it i'm just not right it's a possibility like you said and but yeah maybe it's slim who knows it's it's all about you know getting as much credibility with the client as you can and there's many other ways to do it uh, as we said and certification is not required let's talk about uh you you pointed out to me before we did this as we as we talked about this podcast about illegal test preparation mm -hmm. uh, i shouldn't say illegal i guess they're they're just test uh, their test uh, example tests 
Right. Now, I don't think they're actually available anymore, but at some point in the past, you were able to, after within about six months of the test coming out, you were able to go online to a site where somebody has taken the tests and they've made a note of all the questions and the answers and they put it together and then they sell the entire question and answers for, you know, $100 or thereabouts. And then all you have to do is memorize the answers to the questions that are on the test. Now, I don't think they're available anymore. I think that whoever was doing it, and I believe that the company that's doing the test now is not the one that's been doing it for years, but I could be wrong on that. But it seems that, that the newer tests are not available online, which which is good and, and bad. I mean, it was great if you wanted to take the certification and you didn't want to spend hours and hours and hours, weeks studying, and you just could memorize answers. But, you know, at the end of the day, the certification is... If you pass it, you pass it. And if you don't, you don't. It's not really a big deal if you don't pass. Um, you know, I know a lot of people who are well-known developers who didn't pass the first time. But let's talk, let me go back to your points about, uh, you know, the test preparation sites. You know, I mentioned this stuff already, but it's pretty difficult to, to, to take any kind of electronic device in there to take pictures. That's the only way I can imagine them actually getting the the, the actual test questions. I don't think anybody can memorize that. Um, you know, I guess there could be someone with a photographic memory going there, but as far as the non-disclosures they make you sign and, and you know, they pre, pretty much pat you down, it's going to be pretty hard to get out of there. So I think if you look at these tests that they offer online, they're actually just scams and they're not really the tests and I'd watch out about them. I think you're better off spending your money and time studying and gaining real world experience rather than trying to get the cliff notes or something like that. Absolutely. As I was saying before, if you fail, it's no big deal. I know a lot of people have failed. Just go take the test again. In fact, just figure that you probably are going to fail the first time. Just go and take the test. You know, I'm not saying every single time for the 17, the 18, the 19, the 20 test, you know, try expect you're going to fail. But the very first time, you're not going to really know because nobody's allowed to really discuss the test with you and tell you the exact questions. I mean, I can give you ideas, but you need to go ahead and see what it's like and see what they expect of you to really get an idea. And maybe you pass it, maybe you don't, but don't, don't take it too personally if you don't. Uh, you know, a lot of people haven't passed, so, you know, I'm not saying myself, I passed every time, but I feel lucky, frankly, every time I pass the test, I can't believe I do because it seems like I get so many things wrong, but that's the way it is. It's a hard test. So you need to prepare well to pass it. You really do. Well, that's a, it's a very valid point. But of course, the thing that you're not mentioning is that you've failed the test and you've now got to spend another 150 taking it again. And then if you fail it the second time, it's not 150. So now you're into hundreds of dollars on test taking plus thousands of dollars of lost income and uh it's you know it's like buying a new car the moment you drive it off a lot you've lost five thousand dollars right yeah i i i agree with you halfway i think you're you're staunchly in in at you know at this on the side of not taking the test i know you've taken it once with filemaker nine mm-hmm 
Okay. And I'm kind of in the middle. It's like, okay, well, it's kind of like becoming an FBA member. I think there are benefits. And, but, you know, we've got two people on two sides of, of the argument here, or at least I'm, I'm away from uh, Michael's side. And you've got to decide yourself whether it's worth it or not and to, to take that test. And some people just like to do it and say, hey, I passed that test. It was a hard test. I feel like you have to know, you do have to know FileMaker to pass it. And, you know, so take it if you want to go ahead and get that feather in your hat. Right. But I'm going to come back and circle back to something you just said. You know, you know, some very experienced FileMaker developers who failed the test. Well, that should tell you something about the test itself, because it should be a fair test. And if people, you know, with the number of years that you and I have been doing it and similar, fail the test, there's something a bit off with the test. It's requiring more than normal knowledge or experience. So I don't think it's all that fair or valid uh, um, a benchmark. Well, if they didn't make it hard, then everybody would be certified and it would be pointless. Well, I, I don't disagree with that, but I think there's a balance. And, you know, if they're making questions that, that are designed to trick you and trap you because they're ludicrously stupid questions that would never happen in real life, like you mentioned, a script that does nothing or goes nowhere. What is the point of that? There is no point to that sort of question. Well, they're, they're not really designed to trick you. They have a psychometrician come in, which we talked about at the beginning, which makes sure the test is fair, that not a lot of people are in the beta tests are getting the same question wrong. So that kind of stuff won't happen. But is it going to be something, if they did questions or a script that meant something, They'd have to design, they'd have to tell you the whole background of the database. They're trying to design something simple. I wasn't saying that they use these types of uh, questions to try to trick you. It's more of they really don't have a choice, but don't expect to see something realistic in there. That was my only point. It's don't be surprised when you see it the first time that it's it's not a real life scenario. And, and most of them aren't. They're, they have to somehow come up with something they can you know, specify in a, in a couple of uh, lines and possibly... Uh, you know, a screenshot of a, of a script or a relationship diagram. No, that's fair. That's a fair comment. But let me go back again. I'm going to circle back to something you said about earlier about being a serious FileMaker developer. I've never wanted to be a serious FileMaker developer. <laughs> that That's the end of it. I just never want to, right? You want to be the funny one, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, we're, we're just leaving it up to everybody. I mean, you know, you should also talk to other people about a certification because we have certain experiences and you should talk to other developers. I mean, we have talked about getting a mentor. Talk to your mentor if you have one or the guy on the, you know, the forums that you happen to like, send them a, a back channel uh, message or something and ask them about certification or even post something on the forums and get people's feedback and make your own decision about what you should do. Oh, I think you I think everybody should make their own decision. Our conversation and our feelings are really just a sort of where we are. And what's right for you and what's right for me is not what's right for the people listening to this podcast. But it's like listening to the, you know, the podcast we did on how to become a professional developer. There are lots of things you have to do and know in order to make that transition. Is certification one of them? I'm not so sure. Maybe. Maybe if you're starting out as a professional developer and, and you feel more comfortable by saying that you're certified, maybe. But 
I don't think for somebody in my position that it's necessary and I, I can't see that it will ever become necessary. Well, for me, it's going to be required because I want to remain listed as a trainer on the filemaker.com website. I have to take it. I believe uh, platinum members, which I used to be one a while back, uh, you know, I decided at some point that being platinum level wasn't worth it. So I decided not to renew and just become a regular FBA member. So there's another thing that, you know, do you need to be FBA in order to get business? No, you don't. Do you need to be certified to get business? No, you don't. Do all the do platinums get all the business? No, they don't. You know, it's it's about it's about a full package of experience and business savvy that gets you that, you know, those jobs with clients that, you know, pay the bills. Right. I mean, I'm not certified. I'm not an FBA member. I'm not a Platinum Alliance member and I still get work. And you don't live in a van down by the river? Well, we weren't um, we weren't going to discuss where I live, John. Yeah. <laughs> Just a Saturday night skit I'm quoting, but anyhow. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, hopefully you've been able through this uh, this discussion to ascertain uh, some additional information about certification. I also happen to have an article on the philosophy of FileMaker.com website called Becoming Certified, which has a lot of this information as well. In case it went by too fast to some people, there might be some other points in there or said a different way. You might want to look at that as well. And I'm sure other people have discussed certification over the years. So do a Google search and and just research whether whether it's for you or not and whether you want to put that time into it. And uh, then if you do, then then go for it and, and go full, you know, full-fledged into it. Don't you know, you got to study a lot. It's a hard, hard test. And that's probably the best thing I can say at the end. If you decide at this point that you want to take it, it's an extremely hard test. Memorize all that stuff that we talked about. Plus, make sure you have years of experience. I mean, I know some people who could probably have six months of experience, but most regular people, like I'm one of those regular people, it takes me years to get good at something. So make sure you put that time in developing databases. And that's how you're going to be able to pass that test. Well, I actually maintain and this is slightly off topic but i maintain that in order to be any good at filemaker have any level of proficiency you have to have spent at least five thousand hours working with it and anything less than that you're really just scratching the surface of what filemaker is and what it can do so that's and that's a lot of time a lot of hours right no class can make you a developer or allow you to pass the test no uh, talking to somebody at DevCon or listening to the sessions there or reading a book is going to make you good at FileMaker. You have to, like Michael said, you have to sit down and work with it and spend time in front of it developing solutions in order to become proficient. So I think that's about it for today. We're going to sign off and we hope you enjoyed this. Please put your comments uh, in the section, if there's anything you want to say about this particular podcast, or you want to suggest a podcast or a subject that we cover, we'll be glad to consider it. Yes, absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Any, any comments will be gratefully received, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, but we'd love to hear from you and know if we're on the right track and if we're entertaining and keeping it interesting for you. So from Michael Rashad, I'm going to say goodbye. And John Mark Osborne, thanks for listening in. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Fireside FileMaker, a podcast with John Mark Osborne and Michael Richard. We'd love to hear what you think, so please email us at info at firesidefilemaker.com.
That's info at firesidefilemaker.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.